All right, and who do you have getting in over? over so, with, uh, so Kurt and Kurt Eric Bush out. And Eric Amarola. Um, I have I'm, Austin Dillon getting in and Denny Hamlin getting okay, in. Okay, so we do have both have Denny Hamlin getting yep. in. Just like that, one of the drivers that myself and Mark had getting into the playoffs is officially in. I'm your host, Brandon Monroe. Welcome to the Bernie Breakdown. Alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez. And uh, we're here to break down another, maybe not action-packed weekend of racing, but a very interesting one, to say the least. I mean, yeah, it certainly wasn't action-packed throughout the whole race, but that's okay. I think that's kind of an issue with with NASCAR fans today, especially like the, the newer ones, is... They kind of act like every single race needs to be exciting. And the finishes for both of them were pretty exciting. I, I will um, say that. Yes. Uh, and I, you know, sometimes the racing, as long as it, my thing has always been, I won't get too much into it, but as long as the racing itself feels like the best, you could still race. And it, it felt that way. There were comers and goers. And this was traditional with Richmond, but even on the same tires, guys would be able to catch up a little bit past them. Richmond really just chews up the tires these days. Uh, certainly didn't used to do this, uh, almost, but it matters. I was gonna say, I almost feel like it's at like kind of the end of the life cycle, like Atlanta was, where it, maybe it wears it out too much. It's getting to the point where you really have to start to wonder: uh, is a repave going to happen soon? <laughs> uh, but as it stands, the racing itself is fine. I don't have a problem with the racing, and I will say, I think this is kind of the big question we have to ask ourselves every time we go to a, a track in the Cup Series. Was the racing better than it was before? And I think it was. And as long as the racing is better than what it was before, the car's doing its job. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think you yeah. definitely saw it, uh, just that last green flag run, the comers and goers, the different strategies that was going about. Um, it definitely made for, <laughs> uh, excuse me, uh, definitely made for an interesting finish there. Um, before we jump into the Cup Series, let's touch up on the Xfinity Series race. Um, really kind of quiet there until the end with the battle between John Hunter Nemechek and uh, Ty Gibbs. Shocker yeah. that those two guys are up front there duking it out at the end. Uh, Noah Gregson, I think that's probably a storyline from this race. Uh, break issues really ruined his day early on and had to limp home to about a 21st place finish. Yeah, in terms of uh, Noah Gregson, like, you know, something issue was bound to happen. Uh, certainly was just the break issue was pretty early on, got a finished second in the first stage, but then after that, just, uh, had the issue from there on out and it definitely put a damper on what was shaping up to be, uh, probably a top five day. The two Gibbs cars of Ty Gibbs and John Hunter just had the field covered. They led all laps, but one, uh, were probably both in the top two for 95% of the laps, uh. They they just were there the whole time. Uh, their average position for both of them was second. I don't know how uh, that rounds out, so I don't know the exact position it was. But if it was around 1.5, that would not surprise me. Uh, led pretty similar number of laps. John Hunter led 135. Ty Gibbs led 114. And the, the interesting thing was it was not... Like, I feel like we've seen a lot of times when you have lap-led numbers like that. One guy leads the first half of the race, and the other guy comes on and leads the second half of the race. But that was not exactly what it was. Uh, Ty Gibbs definitely did most of his leading in the last half. But at the end, John Hunter passed him a couple times. I had a car that was 
right there with him and had taken the lead before John Hunter's uh, questionable antics on the last lap. I mean, John Hunter's or, or, or sorry, Ty Gibbs? Ty Gibbs is questionable yeah. on the last lap. Listen, very easy to get those confused. John Hunter has been the uh, the pusher before previously in his career. Um, I know a lot of people, like the, the big thing about it, I think, that we saw after the race was, I think we actually touched on it last week with Ross Chastain. It's like, do people have problems with the move itself or who's making the move? And I kind of got the vibe from social media and on Twitter that a lot of people had more of the problem with it being Ty Gibbs than the actual move itself being made. I think my general feeling on Twitter after the Ross Chastain thing was that a majority, a vocal majority at the bare minimum, but felt like a pretty solid majority, had no issue whatsoever with what Ross Chastain did. Uh, but there was plenty of issue people had with what Ty Gibbs did. And I, I, I talked about it last week. There is, I think circumstances do matter. Uh, I think if you... And the driver it is matter for circumstances. I think if Ross is doing that for his first win of the season versus his fifth win of the season, I think at least right now, because people like Ross, it's probably still a mixture. Uh, but I imagine at that point it would there would be a, a good chunk of people who are vocal vocally upset about it. Uh, and then obviously, anyone who acts like the driver affects their opinion is just wrong. It's not even something you control all the time. Uh, you just you kind of feel how you feel, but in terms of NASCAR fans, the driver involved absolutely uh, affects their opinion of it. I certainly don't think that John Hunter's move was the cleanest move in the world, uh, but also was not the dirtiest. Uh, <laughs> certainly gave John Hunter no chance of winning the race, but that was also pretty clearly the intention. Uh, yeah. I, I will say... And I, I know I talked to you a little bit about this. I do think that someone, whether it's probably honestly Joe Gibbs, kind of needs to come out and say, hey, if you race my grandkid the way he races you, I'm not going to fire you from the car to any of his drivers. I think it would have been hard-pressed roles reverse for John Hunter to make that same move. He has a very tenuous future in terms of moving up, probably has a ride at uh, KBM in the truck series for as long as he wants one at this point, and as long as sponsorship continues to be there. Uh, he runs good. I imagine he'll win several races this year, but the path forward for him, especially being in the Toyota camp, is a bit murkier. There, you know, you have Denny, Kurt now in that camp, Truex, all dev and even Kyle in the back nine of their career. Though you never, you don't really have a good feeling for any of them how many years it'll be. There were people a few years ago saying Kurt was about to retire and feel like we're on year five of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, if I was John Hunter, I certainly wouldn't feel like I have a super great easy path up to cup. And for someone with as much success as he had in the truck series, it's hard to imagine really what this, the path is forward if it doesn't involve Joe Gibbs. So I, I, don't, I don't think it would have been easy for him to make that same kind of move, and I don't think that's fair to other drivers, but I do think it's the kind of thing that if they don't basically say, hey, just, you know, racing's racing, uh, as an organization, I feel like it's just going to increase the animosity towards Ty Gibbs. Yeah, I think uh, 
I think we're pretty much on the same page there. I know from John Hunter, it was a little funny seeing a lot of people come to his defense because we know some people that have been on his case Those for the movie he made on. That oh. were suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but we, we know these people who have been on his case for, you know, what he did to, up in Canada, the Cole Custer. And here we are, you know, years later at this point, and he's on the receiving end of a move that, let's be honest, is, is nowhere close to that Canada race. And there, there are a lot of people coming to his defense and talking like, oh, man, Ty Gibbs was out of line. I know personally I've seen far, far worse things to move somebody out of the way to win a race over my time of watching this sport. Um, even even at Richmond, I remember when uh, Carl Edwards won here back in 20, I believe, 16. He pulled the last lap bump and run on Kyle Busch to win the cup race. Similar situation. And, I mean, I think there he's behind him. He gave Kyle a really good shot. To me, I think, you know, Ty gave John Hunter Nemechek a couple taps. He got alongside him. And, and I don't even think the move going into three and four was that egregious. Like. It almost looked like maybe I, a kid who just kind of overcooked it. Like he, no, probably, I, I it, it wasn't that in, bad. I guess is my point. I, I don't think it was that bad. Uh, I think it was a move that was very well, very not, very much designed to not give John Hunter a chance to do anything. And I have no problem with that. I'm not going to act like it was. Certainly, I don't think it was an accident. I don't think there's an ounce of me that thinks it was an accident. Yeah, was, I guess I guess saying it was an accident would be too far, but it it wasn't like he just went barreling in there and cleaned him out. Yeah, no, I mean he didn't yeah. wreck him, but I mean mm-hmm. he did go barreling in there and ensure that he was going to win that race. Yeah, uh, John Hunter gave him the low side, and Ty Gibbs took the whole racetrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think at this point, like that's just kind of I to me. The the days of trying to race cleanly for the win are over. Like all that seems to happen is you give there's the guy that races them clean, then gets past them clean, and then the other guy. And not saying that John Hunter necessarily raced Ty super clean, although he, he from what I remember he did. That's kind of irrelevant in this whole thing. He certainly did not uh, effectively door slam him. Uh, it was not as bad as a normal door slam, but it was definitely up there. Um, certainly didn't wipe him out completely. He still finished second, obviously. But there's no point to me. You see, you hear the veterans talk about it all the time. How these there's less respect out there, and they just they race with you know, and I trying to win it all all the time. And I mean, I think the system has something to do with that, to be honest. Um, but you see it a lot in the cups or in the truck series. Those kids always kind of are checkers or wreckers. Uh, and I think it slowly creeped up and you have some guys in the cup series that are a little bit like that. And for most of them, I, I mean, there always used to be a joke with drivers saying they'd wreck their own mothers. Uh, and I, I think they absolutely, these guys absolutely would not. I think racing is just different. We, we talked about, and you and I did about uh, Mark and what have been 09? With uh, Kyle, Kyle at Bristol. At yeah. Bristol. Well, Mark raced him super clean. Didn't even bump and run him, really. Like, mm-hmm. just kind of raced him super clean, gave what the track could do. And it was, uh, I don't remember if it was a green white checker, but if it wasn't, it was less than five laps to go. Uh, and raced him super clean and ultimately, I mean, didn't win the race. And that. I kind of drive that is a thing of the past. I think one, 
I, there are very few drivers that are going to set out here and be like, well, I'm just proud that my driver raced clean and finished second. That's just not the mentality of people today, but especially the younger generation of people, including ourselves. Like, they would much rather feel like their driver did too much to win the race than not enough. Uh, I, I know also, too, that something I feel is, like, the way these drivers just think of their cars, too. You go back in the day, like, somebody on Mark Martin's not going to want to rough up his car because he's going to have to go home and work on it and put money, time, and effort into getting it ready to go to the next race. Like, like a lot of these kids come from, you know, wealthy backgrounds or they have sponsors that are willing to foot the bills and, you know... Obviously, if you're on the bigger teams, too, you're going to have somebody that's going to fix the cars, and they well, kind of take so, that as luxury and just, you know, really use up their equipment. And I, I think more than that, I think it's a di- I, I think, honestly, some of the root cause is a little bit different. I don't disagree with the premise at all. I think that's absolutely true. Uh, back in the day, if you wrecked your car, you were in the garage working on it. If your engine blew, you were in the garage fixing it. And that's just not what happens anymore. But I think part of that is also, even in the pretty low ranks these days, these things are scientifically engineered to a T. Uh, Kevin Harvey actually talked about this a little bit uh, when he was on Junior's podcast last year. Uh, when he was a kid, he obviously raced on his race car and worked on it. And he will have absolutely nothing to do with working on any of Keelan's cars. Because for the most part, if you're not paying someone to work on it, you're losing. <laughs> And I think that it's similar, but I think it's a slightly different cause than just like rich kids that don't have to pay for anything. I think the reality is most of these kids got where they they did because they were winning something. Uh, whether they were winning as much or they were only winning because they had the best cars, they were winning. And I think a lot of that is just even in those lower seats. I mean, they take they take these kinds of cars to wind tunnels now. Like not all of them, but a good chunk of them, especially the ones that have the the money. The money. Yeah. Which is why the money is what gets you places these days. So, but I definitely think that's part of it. Is just you're right. I mean, for Mark and and that generation, you were if you wrecked the car on Sunday, you were working on it on Monday. And they uh, not only were they working on it, a lot of them were paying for the repairs. So you sit there, you take the second because it's not worth wrecking the car. But between the owners. I mean, knowing that, I mean, I think most of the owners would rather have them. If they thought they might wreck it and they might win and it's 50 50, I think most of them would tell them to take that chance these days. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a different style of racing. I don't think just because you race someone clean for the win, I, I just, I don't think it makes you a better racer these days. I just, I just don't. And in, in the sport where winning literally is everything. Like, there are a lot of people that argue that the championship doesn't mean anything anymore because of the format. And even if that were true... You still got to win the races. That's just going to put more emphasis on... Yes, no, exactly. Even if that's not true, then that means all that matters is winning the races. You certainly still have to be careful as a driver. You don't want to ruffle too many feathers because payback can come. Although I still feel like drivers these days are more talk than they are action, barring a couple... Uh, I think a uh, majority of them are a lot of talk and will do very little on the actual racetrack. Uh, at least after that race. That race, they might do something. Uh, yeah, I think if that race was one lap longer on Saturday, John Hunter would have sent fucking out of the track. <laughs> and if, if the race was one lap longer, uh, Ty Gibbs does not make that move. That's, and that's my that's entire point. In it, 
It's Ty Gibbs made that move because he could make it to win the race, and there was no chance of John Hunter getting back to him. Mm-hmm. You've, you've seen it historically in the past couple of years, right? Uh, you had a few years ago, Logano and Truex. Truex races Logano clean the whole time at, at Martinsville, and I, I absolutely do not think I think Logano did everything right here. In that situation, too, the stakes are higher. He needs to win that race to get to the final round, to get to the championship four. get in, Truex raced him clean, and then expected him to get raced clean in return. And I think that mentality is dumb, to be frank. Like, I think it's just I still question what Truex was thinking there, because, like... Uh, that that's the championship. If he oh, races Logano a little bit differently, he probably doesn't have to worry about I mean, him at Homestead. I mean, he We're talking about him being a two-time champion. That's true. He yeah. mentioned, you know, not racing with clean next time or waiting to the end to make pass. Both of those are valid things. If you're going to pass somebody, they're going to do everything in their power to get past you. So just because your car is good enough to pass them clean does not mean that they're going to prote- uh, return that favor. And they're going to, especially that late in the race, they're going to bump you out of the way for the win if it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit different if you're shoving people out of the way halfway through a race, even three quarters through, uh, through the race, to be honest. Uh, big difference than the last five, ten laps, depending on the track. Last ten laps at Coda is like almost a quarter of the race still. But uh, So I, I just I think we're past that point of racing clean for the win, meaning anything. If you want to race clean for the win at the end, be my guest. But I am not going to think of another driver is dirty just because they moved you out of the way for the win, especially if they don't wreck you. Last week was a little bit different because, again, if Bowman's not there, Albendinger almost certainly doesn't wreck. And at that point, Chastain's not worried about Bowman being there. Chastain's worried about winning. Nine times out of ten, Almendinger saves it, goes on, finishes second, top five at the worst. Uh, really, in that instance, and it was contact from Chastain, but it was Bowman's. Not that it's Bowman's fault either. That was to me that was a no fault thing. Like you remove any driver from that equation, and that wreck doesn't happen. It wasn't like Chastain right rear quarter pack, uh, right rear to or anything. But anyway, uh, as long as you're not straight up dumping the person, which I think kind of. Where it also gets a little bit different. I know Denny was upset after, not upset necessarily, but trying to point out the hypocrisy uh, of what happened to him, what he did to Chase at Martinsville, and Again, I think little, that was also different. different Plus, and I, I say this too: if you're gonna move someone, you better win the damn race. Yeah, I don't even know. I think Denny he ended up causing another wreck at the end of that race at he the did. start finish line with like Ryan Blaney and. Kevin, you know, it wasn't just Ryan Blaney. It was the whole damn field. It was the whole field. It was the whole field. There's a parking lot there at the end. That was uh, that was something else. Happy, happy to be uh, going back to Martinsville this coming week. So that's uh, that's uh, gonna be fun. I don't expect any Hamlin to take somebody out from three car lengths back again. But you know, yeah, hey, I mean, when they go back there in the fall, who knows what could happen? But that's you know, in terms of the finish, that's my take on it. I yeah. don't hold any ill will against Ty Gibbs. I think Ty Gibbs is arrogant. I'm not really... A f- and then this kind of is true in all sports. I've never been a fan of the whole God stick. I don't think that God is what's giving you these wins. I think God has more important, better things to worry about than having you be born into your situation. And that's true for all <laughs> of these guys. This is not a knock against Ty Gibbs because it's it's a little bit easier for him because he doesn't have to get the sponsorship and go get the ride. 
Yeah, he, he's package deal pretty much um, with him. Yeah. But all these kids at this point, I mean, they have some kind of connection somewhere that's helped them. So I'm, I'm not going to hold any ill will against someone. I, I, he's immensely talented, and I expect him to, to do great things. I still think he's arrogant. I'm still not a fan of his. Uh, I think I, 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 my, at, the, at the end of the day, my gut says, and you know, some drivers argue that this is fair and what have you, but my gut says if the roles are reversed, uh, Ty Gibbs is a lot angrier coming out of that car than John Hunter was. I was going to say, changing gears up here just a little bit, I definitely feel like he's put in a lot of chips into the pot here in terms of some of the moves he's been making. You kind of feel like it's only a matter of time before he gets a taste of his own medicine. I mean, I think if he's out there, you know, doing it to John Hunter Nemechek's one thing, they're teammates, he's restrictive, and they don't race a lot together. John Hunter Nemechek's only doing, you know, a handful of Xfinity races. He's not running for the championship. But, you know, at some point, he's going to do this to somebody like Noah Gregson. And I can't see somebody like Noah Gregson sitting around and taking it. I kind of feel like it's only a matter of time before Ty Gibbs is the one that's, you know, depending on who he does it to, maybe backwards in the fence. <laughs> like it's, that's... it's certainly possible, and I think Ty Gibbs would tell you that. Ty, Ty Gibbs will paint a different story when it happens. Uh, they all do. That's not a, a thing unique to, to him. But, I mean, we've seen it before when he, there was that accident, and I think it was the ARCA race at Daytona last year. And he had quite a bit of attitude coming out of that car. Wasn't that when he was talking about how it wasn't a real racetrack? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because things didn't go his way. And that, that's my only concern with Ty Gibbs at this point is straight up when adversity happens. And if he gets in like a rough stretch, how is he going to bounce back from it? Because, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but winning cures a lot of ills and when you're winning a lot, you don't really have any ills at all. And he's got three wins. Only one of only two drivers with multiple wins in any of the top three series this year. And he's at three. And this was definitely his best performance of the year. Like he's a great talent. He's going to be in the cup series. No later than year after next. I personally think he'll be there next year. Uh, but, and he's going to be a great talent. He's probably, unfortunately for him, going to be under ridiculous amount of expectations next year. And I'm not going to say he fails to meet them, because honestly, if he wins the race, runs top 10, it probably has met people's expectations. But I think that's also unrealistic expectations for someone in their first year in the Cup Series. I understand he did that in the Xfinity Series, but we've seen other guys come to the Xfinity Series be real strong and then eventually get there in the Cup Series, but it takes time. It takes time. I think a perfect example of that is Chase Briscoe. You know, he had his growing pains last year, really only contended for a win once, and that was at the Indy Road Course. And here we are, uh, the beginning of 2022. He's been probably the best driver for Stuart Haas Racing so far I mean, this I year. I don't think it's unfair to say in the last, like, at this point, 10 years. The mm -hmm. only driver that's really come out of the gate with any kind of swinging as a rookie I know Cindric won the, the Daytona 500, so I can't really come out of the gate swinging more than that. But I think we have, to, in terms of really judgment, I think we do have to wait the rest of the season, see how he runs. Uh, but I think really the only guy that you can look at their whole year, and he didn't win a race, but he ran damn good, is Chase Elliott. I mean, if you're going back the last decade, I know he didn't make the playoffs, but I think you could probably throw Kyle Larson in there. Yeah, I mean, when you don't make the playoffs with 16 cars... It is hard, but it was one of those circumstances, too. He was definitely probably second. I, I will say that. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I remember I, in Larson's year, there were there were drivers that were behind him in points, like I think Kurt Busch, AJ Allmendinger, Eric Amarola. He ran good enough. It was similar to Austin Dillon last year, where he ran good enough where he easily would have gotten in on points. There were just so many winners behind him outside the top 16 that ultimately knocked him out. But other than those two, I think you're right. Like, those are the two guys as rookies who came in there, really put up some good numbers outside of that. People have been, you know, pretty much having to wait a couple of years just to get going and putting up what we expected out of them just coming off of the lower series and what they did there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, I think Larson definitely uh, was... He's too behind the, Chase. Was, was yeah. Right there. Yeah. I did miss it. Had a, ironically, had a worse year the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, looks like in his initial season, Larson would have... Yeah, he would have, uh, without the playoffs... By the end of the season, worked his way up to eighth in points. Yeah, that's that's pretty uh, good. So that, that short of missing the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, it was it was I would I would agree with that. He he was certainly the the one other one right there. But other than that, like it takes guys a couple years. And not everyone can be them. And I mean, I could uh, Ty Gibbs come out here and do that next year? You know, maybe not win the race, but be pretty dang competitive. Sure, I, I'm not going to say no. But I also feel like if that's what he does, especially if he does miss the playoffs like Larson did, like a lot of people will already be trying to label him a bust after after one year. So yeah, it'll uh, be it'll be interesting to see what the kid could do moving forward. Yeah, um, I, I mean he's going to be super young, uh, which the last couple rookies have not been ridiculously young. I know Cindric's definitely on the younger side, but Chase Briscoe was, I'm pretty sure, older than 25. Christopher Bell, I think, was, or just right about. Christopher Bell was right around there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Christopher Bell's older than Eric Jones, so so that that alone tells you uh, that it was certainly not as young as I think people uh, uh, think think he he is. Yeah. Or he is still, even, yeah. Uh, So, instead, he'll be up there, like, even Cindric, 23 this year, if uh, Ty is in the Cup Series next year, he'll only be twenty. Yeah, that's that's young. <laughs> At the same age that, uh, and that's why it's, it makes me laugh. People when they started off, and still even now, try to act like William Byron has been not living up to expectation. But the kid is not even twenty-five yet, which seems crazy. He's been in the Cup Series his fifth year, but he was twenty when he started. We saw how long it took him to get started, and he did maybe not as good as Ty Gibbs, although I will say I don't think JRM was as good as uh, then as JGR is now. I don't even think JRM was as good then as they are now. Uh, but, you know, the, a lot of these guys, they, they take some time. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the biggest thing, and that's I think will be the biggest test for Ty Gibbs. If he doesn't, if he goes out and I expect a performance, how I believe is a respectable performance, but isn't what the fans uh, expect next year. Like he's might get dragged through the coals. And will he be able to still keep his head down and improve uh, through that? I think that'll be really the, I mean, it's, it'll be the first thing. I, I think at least with him is that he's going to have the long leash with the team just because sure. of who his grandfather sure. is. But for some of these, sometimes if these drivers, you know, their, their confidence gets shot, they get in their own heads and it takes a long time to, to get back out from that, he'll have obviously he'll time. have a, yeah, the he, time and he won't need a long leash. But it's psychologically, man, things can happen to you that you can't undo. Yeah, 
So that's that's my 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 whole point is he's got if he you know barely runs top twenty next year, which I don't think there's a problem with that, honestly. Uh, it's his first year; it'll be his first. I mean, he might not even have any starts. I know there's been nothing announced. It is theoretically possible that he gets some starts in like the thir- uh, third twenty three eleven car this year, um, but he might be starting completely fresh, and he might oh. struggle because of it. And I think if he finishes top 20 in points next year... I mean, there's also a chance he's not even in the series next year. I don't think there's any need to wait if the ride is there. I don't... I just don't see him going there at the moment. Um, you, unless somebody steps away. I I think, well, 23-11, and we could talk about this a little bit as we get into the Cup Series. I think it's actually a good segue into it. They had problems this weekend. I mean, Kurt Busch with a fuel pump issue, ruining his day, plummeting him back in the points... I, there's a lot of quality control issues there. I don't know if I'm Joe Gibbs, if I would want to move Ty Gibbs into that organization right now. And quite frankly, at the moment, I don't see anybody at JGR moving away. So it's going to be really hard for him to get into a ride for next year. I mean, ultimately, it's going to be up to Joe Gibbs. That's the, that's the end of the day, period. Like he's, It's going to be up to Joe Gibbs. There's nothing really... I, I suppose it could be up to sponsorship, but I think Joe Gibbs could put I would say it's up to Toyota. Because, yeah. I mean, Toyota, I mean, obviously, Ty Gibbs is great, but you already cast off Eric Jones. You you got rid of Suarez before that. Um, do, do you want to get rid of Christopher Bell? Because I, don't, for whatever I reason, don't think they're getting rid of Christopher Bell. I mean, I find it hard to believe that they're going to punt off Denny Hamlin or Kyle Bush right well, no, now. Maybe Martin Truex Jr. I, don't, I, don't, I know that there's some concern with 2311. I don't think the door's closed on that. I think. <laughs> Kurtz, it's it's hard to make a Kurtz. They have trouble unloading the cars. Bubba is certainly a better driver, I feel like, than they've been running. Just because, I mean, he he, he was running better at forty three than he is now. Um, they they they're missing something, but all the Toyotas were, and we can get that in a second. But just to really wrap up the Xfinity series, uh, Ty Gibbs third third win. I think the most laps he's led in a win, too. Certainly the most he's led this year uh, in a win. Like, but... like one in five. <laughs> like, so a lot more but, than what but he's also, done. also, uh, strong days for some of our bubble guys in the playoffs. Uh, Riley Herbst. Came out of nowhere. Uh, solid out of nowhere, got, a, got a, a fifth. Brandon Brown with an eighth. Ryan Sieg, one of the guys we highlighted as a potential fantasy play, top ten in both stages. Not that that matters for fantasy, but just was solid. Was pretty solid all day. Top ten in both stages, finishes ninth, and then uh, Parker Retzlov in this just the second race in the series. I believe he got a top ten in at least one stage, and he ended up finishing tenth. Finished t- finished tenth. So not he's not a bubble guy. Just you know, I always like to highlight those guys that. Maybe you're performing better than anyone expected. And that's another seed car yeah. that I actually did not realize till right now. Yeah, no, that's uh, very good for <laughs> Unfortunately that. Unfortunately for the third, third seed car, he had an engine issue, uh, finished second to last after uh, having exit the race on lap 139. Mm-hmm. But those seed cars last year was definitely a step back from the year before. Uh, missed the playoffs last year. year and just kind of never really had any runs that made you go man, maybe he could do it. But they've had some solid runs. They're certainly not the best car. Uh, Ryan Sieg's still in a, a playoff spot, uh, currently sitting 10th, ahead of some guys that I think most people expected to be ahead of him, Sheldon Creed, Riley Herbst, and 
uh, Landon Castle at the bare minimum. Uh, so, but I, I will say just to add to some of those highlighted guys, uh, shout out to Sam Mayer, uh, third place. I think we both had him penciled in for, you know, potentially having a good run and possibly even winning the race. He was the best of the rest, I guess you could say, and, uh, did take home the hundred thousand dollars in the dash for did, cash. Did so get the dash for cash. Always a pretty good day for the kid. Pretty, I mean, you know, I always question how much they actually get to keep of that money, but still right. cool to win regardless. You get you get your name on it. It goes to the team. You know, they, yeah, they they split it with the team and stuff. So that's that's good for them. You know, good for all JR Motorsports to get a hundred k in the bank uh, going into Martinsville this coming week. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, Tiger uh, Sam Mayer, like yeah, like you said, best of the rest. Uh, certainly was a good weekend for JGR. But Sam Mayer now second straight top five. Now put the JRM cars in third, fourth, fifth, sixth. In the standings, with uh, Dinger leading by 20 points over Ty Gibbs and Noah Gregson. Uh, Sheldon Creed, currently our, our bubble guy, tied technically with Brandon Brown. And a couple guys back there that are doing better than I thought, and one that certainly had a slow start to the season. Uh, Alfredo is uh, six behind. Uh, Jeb Burton is looks like 12 behind. And I thought Jeb would be that, like, best of the rest kind of guy um maybe still behind brandon brown and ryan sieg they're kind of equal with our motorsports actually probably maybe a step behind our, our motorsports expanding the three cars certainly might also cause some issue but they are then fourth fifth and 17th the one guy that i don't think you need to ring any sirens for yet because he's not that far out and they've certainly had some issues but landon castle sitting in 16th uh, currently 14 points out. Still close enough that doesn't have to worry about anything, and they've had some issues. But with guys like Ryan Sieg and even Brandon Brown putting on some strong performances, look, Ryan Sieg right now is actually up, looks like 27 points on the cut line, which is still early. That, that can change in two stages. 20 of those 27 yeah. points can be wiped away. Uh, but still pretty solid lead to where if he continues to run the way he is, it will take Landon Castle or someone else really stepping up to eliminate that deficit. You know, yeah, he has 27 I'm, on the cut line, but then that's another, whatever it was, 14 on Landon Castle. So Yeah, I'm not, not too worried about Landon yet, but uh, he is going to have to pick it up really soon. Um, I know he had to start in the back after, I believe, having some issues in qualifying and Never, never really moved up like I thought he would. I know I had him on some teams for fantasy. Uh, oh, yeah, moved up yeah. enough in fantasy yeah. that still helps. But. Yeah, good fantasy play, but that doesn't mean it's a good points day. I mean, uh, that's kind of what we've been harping all year, too. Yeah. Those kind of guys, they qualify last. I mean, I'm pretty sure I started Allgaier, and uh, he was set up to getting me some points before some some late rate. These uh, fell back a little bit, yeah. but... I know Jeb actually ended up working out. He drove all the way up to 11th, just outside the top 11, 10, yeah. so... So. Almost to the top ten. Good, good job there for Jeb. Um, but I mean, I think that really wraps up the Xfinity series. Um, again, I know we talked a lot about it. We we somehow managed to probably fill about thirty minutes on it, but not the most exciting race. Did have a good finish. Um, I will say something that was exciting about this weekend: the Cup Series, the run to the finish, that long green flag run, multiple pit strategies. Um, ultimately, Denny Hamlin coming away with the right call, um, 
ran through the field, brought Kevin Harvick along with him. A um, little bit of a funny note there. I did notice uh, earlier in the race, Mike Joy was highlighting Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick and talking about how normally these guys would be running up front and racing for the win, and it ultimately <laughs> ended up that way. <laughs> it, it, it certainly did. Uh, mm-hmm. Denny Hamlin, Hamlin getting a win that uh, was needed. Certain- Certainly was needed for first top ten of the season. I don't. We'll talk about this later in the week, but everyone's sitting here talking like it's Denny Hamlin. He's back and he's going to go out and win Martinsville. Could he win Martinsville? Sure, it's a great track for him. Of course, he could win Martinsville. But when you really get into Denny's performance at Richmond, it was still left some. Like it's hard to say it left something to be desired. He won the race. When you really sit there and you look at it, zero was, stage points. Zero That's stage what I point. See. He was mm-hmm. almost certainly, and when you look at every statistic, it backs it up. Average uh, running position, probably even laps led. Although I don't know how much Christopher Bell or Kyle Busch actually led. Uh, and driver rating, he was the fourth of the four Gibbs guys. He was, uh, which was still an average running position of like I want to say eighth. It was. Uh, when you even look it down, though, at his performances at this track, this was by driver rating, which isn't the perfect statistic, but still paints a pretty good picture of how they actually did in the race. This was his 18th best at the track, like which one illustrates just how damn good he's been at Richmond. But I think it also helps try to keep it in perspective. They got the win, but they got the win because the strategy worked out at the end. Like he literally came from nowhere. Harvick was right there in what would have been uh, the first classic closer win in a while for him. Hasn't really been the closer in quite some time. Usually just wins races by dominating them. Uh, although it has still been a while since then. So I don't, this certainly puts Denny's team in a position where now they don't have to worry about the points. They can just focus on getting the car where it needs to be. And it was definitely a good, per- uh, a good performance by Joe Gibbs Racing. Definitely what you would expect to see out of them. So they should still feel good about that, but they should not be complacent. I don't, I mean, you even, and Denny alluded to it, and a lot of the people that talked about uh, having interviewed Denny before the race alluded to it, they did not feel like Denny thought that he had any confidence he would win this race. I think you saw it in Denny's emotion after the win. I I don't think I've ever seen him that pumped up. He was was hyped. He He was hyped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he even, like I said, he even alluded to it that maybe he didn't think he had a race-winning car. Truex, based on what the people who interviewed him said, certainly thought that he had a, a race-winning car. But then he didn't seem to feel that way, and I think it showed in most of the race. A solid run, the kind of run that if, even if he didn't get a win, this would, a lot of people would be like, this is the run that Denny needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people thought he would right the ship. I think people now are acting like the ship has been righted, and I think that's a bad mentality for them to take, but also for the team to take, because it's really easy, really easy to just fall back in a rut. Like, Kyle Larson right now has been struggling to get finishes, and he has a win. Uh, and just imagine what the narrative would have been for Kyle Larson if he didn't have that win. But it can still eliminate the narrative, which is enough, I think, that Denny can now just focus on getting the ship righted, but as long as people don't sit there and go, oh, well, he only ran 15th this week. Like, what's wrong? Like, now, they don't have to worry about any of that. They don't have to worry about winning next week. They just have to worry about improving. It, it is certainly, a, you know, you got to be there at the end to win it, but it's a lot easier to worry about being there at the end 
when you're already guaranteed to still be there two-thirds of the way through the season. So one thing I did see about this race, and this goes maybe a little bit against what you were saying with the narrative, because I, I agree that I do feel like a lot of people are thinking, oh, everything's good with Denny Hamlin. He's back to being Denny Hamlin. I, I would disagree. You would disagree. But coming down to how the race ended, because I saw some people, and they are probably Alex Bowman fans, and we know the rift that Bowman has pretty much with a couple of the Gibbs, Gibbs drivers right now anyways, with Denny dating back to Martinsville last year, and with Kyle Busch, it seems like almost every other... Oh, man, ah, maybe I didn't get the medicine Denny Hamlin got after all. But it it does feel like, you know, with, with the rift going on there between two, I saw some people on social media talking about how Oh, everybody gives Bowman crap for backing into wins and stuff, but nobody's given that to Denny. Did you feel like Denny backed into this? Because, well, it was on a strategy call. I do find it really hard to I, say that I, you backed into a win driving through the field like he did. Counter, I don't think so. But I mm -hmm. also don't think Bowman's backed into as many wins as he has. Without a doubt, if Bowman wins this race, people are talking about how he backed into the win. The, fundamentally, this is really not that much different than what happened at Vegas. It's a strategy call that put them in a position to win. Denny still had to go out and get it. Bowman still had to go out and get it. Like, sure, it required Denny to drive through the field to do it, but there was still a strategy call at the end of the day. Without that exact strategy call, it doesn't work. I so, agree with that. I, I, I think uh, the way I look at it is it's just, it's it's same as a, it's a strategy call, but... Sure, no, but my point is, well, do I think... <laughs> I, I do think in this case that... I, I think Bowman fans have a leg to stand on, though I think they're going about it the wrong way. Uh, but he was still running second. Like, you put yourself in a position to win. I don't think... Some of them... You have to have luck. You have to have luck to win most races. I, I, the fact of, of a caution not coming out, sometimes that is an element of luck in some of these tracks. I agree with that. Uh, with how the tires wear there, so the fact that no one ever blew a tire on that last run is a little bit of a luck. We saw it last year. I mean, that's what gave Bowman the win was... I was waiting for a yellow, and it just... It the tires held up. Was Harvick blowing that tire? So mm -hmm. you have to be lucky to win because sometimes luck is also just there being no bad luck. So I don't think that Hamlin backed into this win. I do think that Bowman and fans have a leg to stand on. I think they're just standing on the wrong one. I don't think the narrative should be that Hamlin backed into this win. I think the narrative should be that Bowman has not backed into as many wins as, as he has. As they act like he has. The, the only similar. I was going to say it's kind of similar to just... Uh... With how we've been talking about, you know, people moving people out of the way and who does it makes the you know, the fans see it in a certain way. I, I think it's kind of the same argument with this, depending on if, who does what, they look at it differently. If I were to make a list of drivers I want near the front, you know, top first two rows at the end of the race, Bowman's on that list. Like he will go out there and he will get it more often than he is not, at least since he's gotten them. There were some times earlier in the career where things just seemed to go wrong. As long as I don't have to worry about uh, 
Greg Ives, and he's been better about this year, but Greg Ives taking a race-winning car and keeping it a race-winning car, I'm, I, Bowman's on that list of drivers I would want in the seat at the end of the race. Like, he, he, they, they have the opportunity, and that team, they have the opportunity, they get it done. Chase's team, and it kills me, Bo, or Blaney, same general thing, they have the chance, and then their pit crews just decide to crap all over themselves. I, I will say that with Blaney didn't really that happened was, this year, but or this year yeah, as much. But I, I was gonna say once he lost the lead, he just never had well, the race winning car again. You I know? mean, I still people get mad about it, but I mean, literally in the entire history of the sport, clean air is king, mm-hmm. and it still is. The car handles different when you get back there. Blaney should still be very very happy with his run. It's hard to be, I'm sure, when you go out and you dominate as much as you did in the beginning. But he is de facto inherited the points lead. Uh, him and Chase are tied. Shockingly, the tiebreaker being that B- Blaney has two fourth place finishes. The Chase is one fourth place finish. <laughs> um, but still went out there, led a bunch of laps, and still got a... I don't remember exactly where he finished. Uh, still got a seventh place finish at one of his worst tracks. Yeah, that that is true. I don't why, like I don't chase the. I don't know what pit strategy call they made at the end of the race. It was a bad one. Rebounded to finish fourteenth, but it went. It was the only time they ran outside the top, other than like literally right in the middle of the pit stops. The only time they really ran outside the top ten since they got there pretty early in the race, and it's been very chase like this year. Not even really him, other other than Phoenix, although he still rebounded for a a top ten. I think. I don't actually remember for sure. Uh, but other than that, like they've had very much at the end of the race, they do whatever they can to give away spots. And they had a, a fifth place car basically all day, was running fourth to seventh all day, and they got to take it on that last uh, couple rounds and turned it into a 14th place finish. Passed like six, seven cars in those last like yeah, he 15, was moving 20 at laps. The end. Dude, he was moving, but it doesn't matter at that point. Mm-hmm. So I've always been... Up and down with Allen. I don't think that firing Allen is the right decision, but I've also kind of been in favor of taking race strategy out of Allen's hands. And if it's not been in Allen's hands, whoever's in charge of it should be fired. Because time and time again, they just feel like they make the wrong call. They give them good cars, haven't really had race winning. They had it at Phoenix before Chase spun the car. Well, actually, I guess he actually lost it on pit road. Lost in the pits, yeah. Trying to get back up there, he spun the car. I had it at Fontana before his teammate decided to take him out. Uh, didn't have it at Vegas. Was maybe getting it at Coda before he lost the spots and then just never had the same In kind the of car again. again. In the pits, lost like uh, another that's... like nine spots. And at a road course, that's certainly not insignificant. I'll say at least with Chase's pit crew, at least they're spending enough time to make sure the lug is on that the is tires. True. That is true. It's, we haven't frustrating. Had it's certainly frustrating with him because... At Coda, that was the last pit stop. At Phoenix, it was the last pit stop. At at uh, Phoenix, they were doing great all day. I don't know if they had lost a single spot all day on pit road, and they had probably gained on most every one until that last one. But they'll they'll get it right. They always do. Uh, I, funny, I I you know he doesn't have the win. I I feel like he's probably overall ran the best of any of the Hendrick cars so far this year. Uh, they've all every race. One of them has been up there, and Chase is sometimes the best, but usually that like, we're second best. Other than that Vegas race, that was 
a bad one for him, but just they can't stay out of their own way. I mean, I, you know, they're leading the points and have had issues tied with it, I guess, technically, but, uh, but you know, they've given away points. But <laughs> our top three guys and four of our top five in points right now, no wins. Yeah. That's no win. Very odd. uh, A total of out of 28 races, how many they've ran collectively, have a total of five top fives. Uh, Still, other than other than Byron, nobody has three, and Chastain has four. Finally, ending his streak of uh, top five. Actually, had a pretty good car this weekend. Uh, Was running in the top ten most of it up until the end. I was gonna say, sounded felt like they they might have went the wrong way on the tire call because he he did drop back there at the end. I um, just for the most part, the three tire call is just not or it's not the three tire, but the three or the shorter whatever. I don't actually know how many mm-hmm. pit stops it was in the last stage. I don't remember, but the shorter number of of the less pit stops is rarely the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was last year. Uh, Brad, it was the last year there before Brad's team made that call. They either went a lap down or almost went a lap down. Yeah. Uh, did work out for Bell pretty decently uh, in in that second stage, finished second. Uh, if the well, goal was to save Bell a set of tires, mm-hmm. if the goal was to set, save a set of tires, which I don't know if that was Denny's last set on the car, but if it was, I mean, then Denny's call to stay out did win him the race. Yeah. Uh, because they obviously, if that was their last set that was on the car on that last run, they would not have been able to make that strategy call uh, then if they instead had pit three times or twice in the second stage instead of instead of once. So I don't know if it was the last set of tires, but if it was, that was that was the race uh, race winning call and it worked out for them. But on that, anytime they can pit, they if they aren't going to run out of tires, they should because it just it's so hard to hold them off just to stay ahead of them to begin with. But then when they get there and they're that much faster than you, there's almost nothing you could do. And you saw it once Denny got there, like he had, he had no he, chance. Tricks, tricks got close, and then their tires evened out, and he couldn't. He could like he was getting there, and he just it it uh, it never actually did get past him. Uh, Byron finishing third, tricks finishing fourth. But Denny and Har- uh, Harvick got there, and they said bye. Yeah. No. I mean, like. There was five laps to go, and there was no way in hell William Byron was going to hold off Denny Hamlin for five laps. Like no. He tried. They ran side-by-side side for about a lap, and then once Denny got out front there, he was gone. Um, I will say one thing I found interesting, because we have talked about teammates helping teammates in the past. Uh, what are your thoughts on Eric Amarola, basically what it felt like him rolling over at the end of that race and letting yeah. Denny Hamlin by when Kevin so Harvick I'm never going to fault a team for no matter which decision they make. Period. I'm not going to. I have no problem with teammates playing the teammate game. And personally, if I was Eric Almarola, especially when you already have three cars there, like it's not like he was by himself trying to be a roadblock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have probably tried to do a little bit more to stay in the way. That's my preference. At the end of the day, people need to race how they're comfortable with. Um, so if, if that wasn't something Eric Almarola was comfortable doing, I'm not going to fault him for it. But personally, I've I've always been on the side of uh, if you can't win, short of wrecking people, do what you can to help your teammates win. That's what still what I argue John Hunter did a couple weeks ago at Atlanta. 
And obviously, quite infamously, Chastain did, and there are other examples, but I don't always remember them, but Chastain at Atlanta, it's ironically enough. Uh, that Bristol? Was, uh, well, no, just no <laughs> Chastain. Was, was, no, I, I was just saying about teammates helping their teammates, but... Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Chase, that's not what Chase was, was doing as no, much. No, he as wasn't. He was it, trying to mess with Kevin Harvick. <laughs> maybe other than Denny Hamlin, if any, and even then, still might have done it. It doesn't matter who was in second. Chase was going to try to help them win that race and not not Harvick. Um, which is why I also, at the time, I argued that Har- I'm a Chase fan. Harvick should have wrecked him. I should have just cleaned him out. should have just cleaned him out. If you're doing that blatant of a job, I think I have as a driver every right to do whatever I have to do to get you out of my way. And if that includes wrecking you, so be it. it. The thing that I felt that was like the most ridiculous in that situation was that he didn't really try to wreck Chase, but once Larson got by him, he tried to freaking tried to dump Larson dump on the Larson, front yeah. stretch. Like, poor um, guy did nothing wrong. He's just there. And but no, like, I, I, if I was a Harvick fan, I would have wanted some more help from my teammate there. Uh, it's what I personally, this is a team sport at the end of the day. People want to sometimes act like it's not, but it is. Uh, so I would want my teammate to, especially in that situation, like I said, you're not just straight up being a roadblock. There are literally three guys right there in the same spot, not including bleeders, like three cars that were either a lap down or about to go a lap down. So I think you can get away with it a lot easier. But I, yeah, I want my teammate to make things difficult for him. Of course I do. So I would have wanted, if I was a Harvick fan, or rooting for Harvick in that instance, which it's pretty close uh, in terms of whether I would have wanted Harvick or Hamlin to win there. But I would have wanted more resistance from Almirola. But at the end of the day, I think drivers have to do whatever. I mean, the same kind of thing that uh, the Dinger said after the race last year. At the end of the day, as long as you can sleep with what you did. And... I don't know, maybe Eric Almarola couldn't sleep with the thought of being that much of a roadblock. Hey, I guess you could say he took the high road. In that case, it was the high lane, and it allowed Denny Hamlin to scoot on by and pick up his first win of the season. Um, gets him a little bit. Yes, winner in seven races. And also, his, uh, I was going to say, he's a little bit closer to that 50 win total, too, which that's a Joe Gibbs' uh, 150, 155th cup win. Or uh, 195th, yeah. I mean, 195th. So they're also getting close to 200 as well. 200. So we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but seven races, seven winners. Second consecutive year, we've done that. Yeah. We'll, I have uh, some thoughts on that, but we'll go into that more next time. All right. Um, I don't know. Do you have uh, just the have, results? Yeah, I do have yeah. the results of our bet. Yes, let's go over our, those real quick. Bernie bets. I've seemingly lost them. <laughs> They're not there. They are hopefully yes. They are right here. So for the Xfinity race, we both had Sam Mayer as a very good value pick, and I will even though he did not win, stand by that dude finished yeah, finished third. Uh, clearly was the best of the rest, and I, I don't remember exactly what his odds were, but definitely like, deep enough. Yeah. If you tell me he finished his third, I'm taking that bet every day. If there's a late race caution, you don't know what could happen there. Mm-hmm. And with yep. the way those two were racing... It, there almost was. <laughs> it, it was entirely possible. Uh, for our pick to win, I had Algar, you had Gregson. Uh, Gregson probably had a little bit more speed. Algar finished ahead of him, not that that matters, but neither of them were the guy. It was bit, this is definitely the worst GRM race uh, of the year, which, you know, it's bound to happen. It was the best Gibbs race of the year in both series. 
<laughs> well, yeah, combined effort, yeah. Gibbs was also very, very strong at Phoenix in the uh, Xfinity series with uh, Brandon Jones having such a good car. But yeah. I mean, they let every lap at once, even though Brandon Jones wasn't part of those leading laps. This place is probably it. Uh, for the picks we liked most in our head to head, I liked Sam Mayer over Austin Hill a whole lot. And that one obviously happened. Uh, you liked Al or Gregson over Al That didn't work out, although you did have the better car picked. But unfortunately, <laughs> as sure we'll talk about quite a bit in a second, that does not matter. Yeah. Uh, for the Cup Series, we both, for the betting favorite, did, did like Austin Dillon. Uh, finished 10th. Uh, struggled a bit in the beginning, and they got it going. Yeah, even Tyler Reddick did. That was RCR, yeah, definitely was, their RCR worst race across the board. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but they both caught it going. Reddick ultimately finished 12th. Uh, Austin Dillon getting a top 10. So they, they got things going okay. Uh, for our pick to win, you still went with, with Austin Dillon. I had Joey Logano. Logano finished 17th, but was also much like Chase running top four to seven he was certainly not a winning car at the time although with that neither was denny hamlin or kevin harvick until uh that strategy call at the end so it doesn't always matter all, all that matters is that you're at the front at the end so uh for our head-to-head uh we both had kyle over bowman and although uh i feel like we could almost count this one as a win we didn't win uh bowman beat him by one spot but kyle had the better car all day and uh we didn't talk about it, but there was the controversial uh, penalty that was... I, I don't know if it was technically a penalty that he got assessed, but... I mean, he probably... He was on the same strategy as Byron and Truex, he so he yeah, would have stayed out. I don't think he the race, but he probably no, finished prob- ahead of Bowman. I, I will say, because normally when you have a penalty like that, you have to go in there and take it off. At least NASCAR let them pit the car, because if they made them like come down twice, or oh yeah, no, they would have not changed tires. They would have been screwed. Yeah. So yeah. I think part of it was weird because like it had been on there for something like two hundred laps at that point. I don't, I don't know how. I mean, I, I gotta say, NASCAR definitely dropped the ball on that because. It's either, man, you missed it for 200 laps or it took you to 200 laps to realize, hey, that piece of tape's not in the right spot. Um, does stink for Kyle's team. Part of the new rules, can't have the tape on the grill. Looks like, from my understanding, they wanted it on the brake duck and they just missed yeah, that's, it. that's what it sounds like. Most people mm-hmm. that have waited on it are, did say that it probably didn't give them any kind of advantage. Uh, it does sound like they knew about it. They just didn't bother taking it off because they didn't think they'd get penalized for it and one of the prevailing theories is that another team pointed it out, which kind of forced uh, NASCAR's hand there. So I'm not, I don't envy NASCAR in this position. It is the rule. They clearly need to do something about it having gone that long without being, uh, having a penalty called. That's the problem I have with it. But I, I also don't know that, that letting them just continue at that point is the right decision either. Cause like it's right for them. So I'm not. I don't. I don't envy their position in terms of having to make that call. They do need to be better about letting it go that long before. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we both had Logano over Hamlin again. I would still argue Logano uh, was better through most of the day. Fortunately, again, not what pays out, not what actually matters, but really, that's all we can do for the most part is uh, pick pick who ran better. And that one was probably closer to 50-50. I feel much stronger that Kyle was better than Bowman than Logano was better than Hamlin. But uh, we both picked Truex over Larson. That one wound up being true. 
that would end up being closer than uh, yeah than we expected, I think, and then it probably deserved to be. But at the end of the day, that's all all that matters. Like I said, I'm saying a lot every time we get something wrong or right, I guess. Uh, and the last one, uh, you had Reddick, I had Chastain. Uh, I feel like I should have won this one, but uh, again, doesn't matter. It's hard with Richmond because it really, if there's, it's it's about the only track left now that has strategy calls like this. Yeah, you'll still get the occasional stay out, maybe try to win the race, or uh, two tires at the end of a race, but. It's the only, even before Atlanta, there were a couple, I remember, I don't know if it, it wasn't last year. The last driver I remember trying to do it was uh, Clint. So it must've been the year before, but he tried a strategy where he pit one time less than everyone else. And he got laughed. It, yeah. They, like, it did not work. And mm-hmm. it, it, it bare, it, I don't know how much longer it'll work here. Cause the tires wear a lot. Um, but it, it's about the only track that this kind of strategy will continue to work. Road courses are certainly a possibility, although the shortness of the length of the final stage uh, makes that less likely. But it's pretty unique in that. So, it's, you know, I anytime you just, if you're trying to always just pick who you think will finish better, you're probably doing it a little bit wrong because most of the time the guy that runs better is going to finish better. Yeah. But. It, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll hold my head high, knowing that at least for three of these, I'm pretty confident I picked the better, better car in the day. Yep. Yep. But, uh... Also, good he, race to, uh, to Brad. Yeah, uh, no, he, uh... He's well he, needed. Chris Buescher got a, a top 15 as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the Roush cars, that was one of their better runs. Um, you know, not top 10s, but some, definitely going in the right pretty direction. Pretty sure yeah, he got some stage points in both stages. Uh, ran top ten in almost in a good chunk of stage one at least, and a, a good chunk of stage two. Ultimately finished thirteenth, so didn't get the top ten that he'd have been looking for. But not that it. Ma- although I guess it still matters because his penalty could technically be overturned. That appeal won't be heard for I think three more days. But if he didn't have that penalty, he would be sitting. Uh, I believe it's thirteenth, thirteenth or fourteenth in points right now. So. so hey, not all doom and gloom in the six camp, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately it doesn't matter, but there are a lot of people that like to point at and make fun of it. Oh man, he's I think he is still technically behind David Reagan in points, but when <laughs> you lose a hundred points, which is well over a a win and over That's over like a, a win and a half. Yeah. Like mm. you know, it's to be expected. And yeah. uh, this was the kind of run he needed. I, a lot of people didn't think he would point his way in. Uh, it certainly won't now if the penalty doesn't no. get overturned. Definitely but, will not. I mean, just getting consistent finishes out of this, this team is the first step towards getting where they need to. All right. So I guess that will do it for this episode of the Bernie Breakdown. Um, be sure to like and follow us on our social media, Twitter, uh, YouTube as well. Make sure to listen to the podcast on your favorite uh, podcasting platform. Until next time, which I know is going to be a little bit of a different episode that we're probably going to record here shortly because I'm going to be on a plane going to Martinsville. So that'll be fun. Uh, we'll get you a little bit of a preview going and then a great breakdown of the race this coming weekend so until next time like subscribe and keep listening to the birdie breakdown thanks guys see you next time